With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Recorded live. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Stroke Diva Fabulous Show. I am your host, Kamari T. Richmond, and I'm excited. Tonight, you're going to get a lot of good information. We're talking to Alan Kissick, and he is with Shot of Life. He's actually the partnership officer at Shot of Life, and this is something that's really important because we're going to talk about how vaccines can help cure children all over the world, especially in those developing countries. So, Alan, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you very much, and thanks for the opportunity to to be online with you. Oh, my pleasure. So I wanted to ask you to let us know exactly, tell us all about your organization and tell us how you became involved. What was it that said, okay, this is the company that's going to be for me and I'm going to make a difference in the world? (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, thanks for that quick introduction. And for those that aren't familiar with Shadow Life, we are a campaign of the United Nations Foundation. And we were created to raise the priority of childhood vaccinations in the developing world where they don't currently have access. Now, unfortunately, in some places around the world, children don't make it to the age of five because of a vaccine-preventable disease. So what we aim to do is raise that priority um, with the U.S. public, with the U.S. government, to ensure that every child has a shot at life. Now, um, just to answer that second part of the question, um, I joined Shout Out Life relatively recently. Um, I was actually born uh, to American parents, but in Cameroon, Africa. Um, So I had a very different situation. Um, I I spent the first 10 years of my life in developing countries, and I always wanted to give back to the people that lived in those countries because the situation there is very different. You know, we we have access to high-quality medications here, over there, they barely have access to the essential medications. And I saw that situation, and I wanted to make sure that, you know, in my life I could dedicate as much as I could to ensuring that children anywhere, whether they're born in the U.S. or they're born in Cameroon, have access to the the medications that they need to, to live a long, fulfilling life. That is so interesting. Very interesting. So... What are we looking for? What are most countries doing all over the world to help with this? I know that um, Shot at Life is you really want Americans to know how to to do this, to kind of be a champion of it. But what about all of the other countries? Yes, sure. So um, essentially we work with implementing partners. They're in, you know, the countries that are providing direct access, you know, to the children on the ground. And, you know, countries around the world, they're supporting, you know, our implementing partners. So we work with the World Health Organization, WHO. We work with UNICEF. We work with Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance, as well as the CDC, to raise money and raise support and advocate for these children. And so people are helping in other countries. You know, they are helping to provide that advocacy support or fundraising dollars. But, um, 
you know, in comparison to the United States, and I think this is true across the board, really um, they're not giving it the same level as the, the United States. So the U.S. is a very, very important uh, part of this puzzle to make sure that children are getting you know, the access that, that they need. Is it just a matter of money when it comes to providing fat vaccines for the children all over? Oh, no, absolutely not. Um, one of the most important pieces to two shot at life, and that's why we call it a movement, is the grassroots movement, the advocacy, the um, you know the people that are behind this movement. And essentially, um, what we call a champion, it's a volunteer that is passionate about providing um, childhood vaccinations in all the countries. It might be someone you know um, here in the U.S. Maybe they're you know a school nurse. Maybe they're a parent. Maybe they're someone that um, it, you know, that's a blogger such as yourself or, or otherwise. But essentially, if you're passionate about this cause, um, one of the most important platforms is this grassroots champion. And um, these are people that are taking actions, whether it's writing um, an email to your senator or a letter to your member of Congress, um, or developing a relationship with that member of Congress, or just develop or signing an online petition. These are all kind of advocacy actions that our champions take on an everyday basis. Right now we have over 700 champions, and we're always looking for more. So if you're interested in becoming a champion, you know, basically there to rally the U.S. government and get your communities involved in raising awareness and educating them on childhood vaccinations in the developing world, then we'd love to have you. Um, just visit www.shoutatlife slash champions. That's champions with an S. C-H-A-M-P-I-O-N-S. So please, yeah, join the movement. We'd love to have you. That's great. I'll definitely do that. And I wanted to ask you about the members of Congress and how this is working for vaccines. Like if we, we uh, connect with our congressmen or what is it that is there something global that's going on that Congress can really push this forward? Yeah, absolutely. So there's different kind of advocacy actions taking place at different times of the year. Um, and I would recommend everyone to kind of look at our blog frequently if you can. It's really easy to get to. It's shoutoutlife.org slash blog. And we frequently have updates on our, our current actions. In the beginning of the year, that's when the appropriations are set. So February, March is when we get really active in, in kind of rallying the U.S. public to around a particular issue like appropriations. So stay tuned for that. Um, and just to kind of go back to your earlier question, because I forgot to mention this as well, you had asked what else you can do other than fundraise for this cause. And actually, we're in the month of August where we're doing um, our – yearly bloggist campaign. So once a month, or once a year, during the month of August, we have uh, what we call bloggists. And essentially, we have a group of bloggers and followers that are kind of posting very um, inspiring quotes and comments about Shout Out Life and you know the campaigns um, that we represent. And during this month, if you simply share or like or um, uh, comment on one of these postings that unlocks a vaccine, you know, for a polio vaccine for children in the developing world. This month, yeah, we we 
encourage you to visit our Blogus site, which is blogus.org, B-L-O-G-U-S-T.org, and, you know, simply share comments, po- um, you know, comment on various postings and um, like them and whatnot, and you can actually unlock a vaccine, you know, and give a child a shot at, at life just by taking that online action. So, yeah, we'd love to have you join that as well. You know, and I thought I was going to ask you about that because I got the email today and I thought, wow, that is such a great idea. So this is something that you do every year? Yes, exactly. It's um, This is our fourth bloggist that we have. We've had it's essentially a, a month-long digital relay where we try to engage our online you know, constituents and to the campaign. And, you know, it's an easy way to raise uh, money as well for vaccinations, um, you know, simply, as I mentioned, by kind of commenting or posting Project Perpetual, which is our, our partner on this, will, you know, provide up to 50,000 polio vaccinations. So, But it does take that action. It does take that comment, that like, or that share to unlock them. I think that is such an amazing idea. I really do. That is something I saw that and I was like, this is what you need, just something as simple as a like or a share to get that kind of access that a child needs. And I wanted to ask you, which of the vaccines do we need the most of? Is it polio or is it, which are the the diseases that are really taking out children? Well, unfortunately, we've selected to focus on these four diseases specifically because these are the four diseases that are, you know, causing the um, child mortality. These are, you know, the top four conditions that cause child mortality in the developing world. So, and if you look at just, for example, pneumonia and um, rotavirus, which causes diarrhea, one-third of the children in developing countries don't make it to the age of five because of these two vaccine-preventable diseases. So those are probably the most, um, you know, they're the top, unfortunately, killers of children. But um, measles is one of the most highly infectious diseases out there. You know, it's airborne. So a child, um, you know, that's unvaccinated, that has exposure to measles, whether it's, you know, maybe it's just on the plane or maybe it's, you know, from a far distance. But most likely that unvaccinated child will develop the measles just from that exposure. Um, so that is also a very, you know, serious condition. And then polio, you know, polio, um, you know, just, you know, in our parents' generation was something that you would see, you know, in the in the U.S. I know I know a lot of people um, that have polio, but, um, you know, it was eradicated in, in most countries. Actually, it's only still in three countries, Nigeria, Pakistan, and Afghanistan. But, you know, where it is right now is, you know, in the hardest, places to reach in this whole world. So there's still a lot of support needed to kind of reach these, you know, these areas of the world that are almost impossible to get to. Um, and we're very close. So it's actually a chance to right now to be a part of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to eradicate polio. And if you're interested in getting more involved, maybe by donating, you know, to the cause, please visit, visit our website, shotatlife.org slash donate. And you know, a simple $5 donation can make a big difference because the polio vaccine um, is re- relatively affordable. Like measles, it only costs $2 to fully vaccinate a child and deliver 
that vaccine as well on the ground. Wow. And that's, you know, when you say polio, and I saw that, I was like, wow, you know, children, I thought it was gone. I didn't know that it had, had like, come back. You know, you just think once you're vaccinated that that's just it. You know, it's, it's eradicated. It's gone. But so some of these things are just really coming back. And, and hitting our children hard. Yeah, actually, and there's a there's a saying that um, you know polio polio anywhere is polio everywhere, because it you know if you're not vaccinated for polio you know it can spread it's just a a flight away and we also hear this expression a lot called it's a 24 hour world and you know kind of the meaning behind that is you know conditions like measles you know, are just 24 hours away by flight or by boat or by, you know, transportation. So measles anywhere is measles everywhere as well. And that kind of can be said about, you know, all the conditions that we represent. And it makes me uh, think about, you know, you see these Hollywood movies where there's a person that coughs and then everybody coughs and, and all of these things start happening because it's some disease It's kind of, been spread like airborne and so there's some some truth to that yeah absolutely and that's why it's so important to to join uh, the grassroots movement to be a champion to educate people across the U.S. about about these conditions and about the situation in the developing world and how easily you know it spreads one you know it's important to be sympathetic to you know people in in the in you know less fortunate situation. But two, it also affects us as well. So, um, you know, the, one of the most cost-effective ways to really make a difference in the life of a child, whether it's here or there, is, you know, vaccinations and to, to provide these vaccinations that unfortunately do, you know, cause debilitation and, and unfortunately sometimes child mortality as well. And that's a heavy mortality road. I didn't know that you know, some children don't make it to age five. That yeah, and that's a scary thought. Yeah, exactly. So what we try to do is, you know, and what we like to say is, we try to give the children a shot at first. <laughs> so when I say first, it sounds kind of awkward, but first uh-huh. birthdays, first steps, first day of class. You know, these are all opportunities that children don't have access to in, in some of these countries, but we can we can unlock that. And simply by sharing today, you know, on on the blogger site, you know, a comment or, or contributing can help unlock that opportunity for those children. And I wanted to ask you now for these developing countries, is it uh, easy to get the vaccines there to them? Is there anything like politically, politically, that stops um, vaccines to, to getting into those countries. Yeah, well, that's a that's a complicated question, and it is it is difficult. Um, you know, vaccines are you know they a lot of these vaccines needed you know need to um, be refrigerated, otherwise you know they'll lose the, the potency of it. They're you know, they lose the efficacy. So unfortunately, you know, in countries that don't have electricity. Um, you know, it's very difficult to get these vaccines the way they're needed. And uh, really how, you know, how it works is, you know, once they're shipped, you know, to the country, you know, via um, what we call a cold chain, which is basically climate-controlled um, storage, 
which is at a certain degree, it's shipped to the country and and then it's you know put into refrigerators. Um, you know, from from there, you know, depending on the resources, you might have a cooler, you know, that's actually being carried by hand over the mountains, through the hills, uh, through the rivers to actually get to these vaccination camps. Um, or, you know, in some cases, you know, there might be a kind of motorized uh, storage unit. Um, you know, I've seen refrigerators fueled by kerosene, you know, in some of these countries that are able to get out to these, these centers. But every country is different and, you know, every vaccine is different as well. And when it comes to the country level, you know, there are sometimes stigmas, you know, associated with, with vaccines and Western medicine to begin with. So that, of course, you know, is a cultural thing that also can be challenging. And so it's also, you know, part of our work is also educating them on the ground so that they understand why vaccines are important and how that they can save lives as well. Um, so that's a, um, I'm starting to chip away at that answer, uh, that question that you you asked, but that's a kind of um, long story short. That's a. Right. And because that was going to lead me to, and I don't know if you're able to talk about it, you know, people that say, you know, I don't want my child vaccinated because, you know, this, this, and that may happen, where, you know, science has proven that this, that, and that that happens is not always the case. And so that's part of your doing the, the education and um, the empowering and working with people to try to connect the dots that if we do this, this saves children. And so you really don't need to worry. Um, of course, there's always something that can happen. There's always something that we say we don't need and we really don't need it. But I guess politically to say that we don't need it when we really do, I think is definitely more challenging. Yeah, and you know, we um, it's all about choice. You know, here in the U.S., we do have a choice. We can make a choice. Um, but of course, we represent the United Nations Foundation and Shout Out Life represent people everywhere in the developing world at a global level. And not everybody has a choice. These children in the developing world and their mothers and fathers you know, don't have a choice sometimes to, to give a child a vaccination or not. It's a life-saving, you know, uh, vaccination for them. Um, so um, our goal, hopefully, is to vaccinate enough people, put us all out of business, and give those children and mothers a choice, you know, to be able to vaccinate or not. Um, but, you know, we, of course, try to focus more on the international global issue than the domestic issue. But, of course, you know, it does help and it does relate, as you mentioned. You know, I love the way that you said that that it is that it is a choice and that mothers and fathers in developing countries don't always have that choice. That I think is a powerful statement because that just, you know, did a click in my head. You know, we're always thinking about what's what's domestic and what's just here and how we can decide whether or not we want to do that, but for a lot of these developing countries, they don't have a choice. It just has to happen. Exactly. And I'm the perfect example of that. You know, growing up in the developing world, um, you know, and being an American, um, my parents had the choice. But, of course, because they were in the developing world and they saw the situation, of course they chose to vaccinate me, you know, from those conditions. But we don't see that situation, you know, here every day in, in the U.S. 
but it is just a flight away. It is just 24 hours away, as I mentioned earlier. Um, so it's important, you know, to be conscious, you know, that that world does exist. Yeah, I think we kind of take some of that some of that for 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 granted. Now, tell me a little bit more, um, or tell us a little bit more about the United Nations Foundation. Sure. Um, so the United Nations Foundation was created to rally uh, the U.S. public um, amongst uh, the United Nations causes. So um, you know, obviously. Uh, the United States is a member state of the UN, um, but uh, we, you know, at the time when it was created, there really wasn't um, a a body in place that really kind of engaged Americans in the, you know, UN global advocacy. There was some, of course, there's U.S. funds that were focused more on, um, you know, fundraising and, 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 and with some advocacy as well. But um, we were essentially created to fund all of the uh, various initiatives of the UN. And it's actually a great story. Um, and uh, essentially, um, you know, we were created by uh, the historic um, billion-dollar check that Ted Turner uh, gave to the UN Foundation uh, about 10 years ago. And, um, you know, Ted Turner was a, you know, he founded CNN. Um, he was very, very successful, and he was um, international as well, and he was um, already in contact with a lot of UN officials, one of them being uh, Kofi Annan. Um, and, uh, you know, Ted had discussed, um, you know, that he'd like to help the United, United Nations and he'd like to help the, the U.S. get more involved. So what Kofi, so he had actually... Um, you know, made a, a, a pledge that he would donate a billion dollars to the UN. But of course, being a private citizen, uh, Kofi said, "Well, you know, unfortunately, you cannot, you cannot just give a million dollars to the UN. You're, you're not a, a foundation." So that gave Ted Turner the idea to actually, you know, help start a foundation for the United Nations. And voila, here we are. Um, yeah, now we are, um, you know, a very uh, big advocacy uh, organization. We, the three kind of bigger campaigns that people are familiar with is our Girl Up campaign, which empowers girls and women um, around the world into various activities. We have Nothing But Nets, which is, um, you, know, an, you know, a malaria um, advocacy organization that aims to raise the priority of um, malaria campaigns, such as giving, you know, nets to to uh, people in the developing worlds that have risk of developing malaria. And then, of course, we have the Shot at Life campaign. And then we have a number of other alliances as well, um, such as the Global Alliance for Clean Cookstoves, um, which which aims to, you know, find cleaner sources of cooking that don't cause respiratory issues. Um, but all of these, most of our campaigns are, are related to um, you know, helping uh, people in the developing world. I didn't know that story. So yeah, I, yeah, I didn't know that story. So I didn't know that's how it all came about. Yeah, exactly. And I, um, I was recently informed myself. So I might not have done the best job of capturing it, but 
I definitely encourage people to look into, you know, the history of the UN and the historic $10 billion gift. I think it was a $1 billion gift. I think we were one of the only organizations that are able, have been able to get a billion dollar gift from a high net worth individual. And this might be our only $1 billion gift, but we'll keep trying for more. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you'll get a lot more, I'm sure. And so that just goes back to, you know, it only takes one, you know, it just takes a like or a tweet or a big donation to help a child. It just takes one person to do their part. Exactly. And whether it's a dollar or a billion dollars, every little bit counts. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, one dollar can help provide that polio vaccine for a child in the developing world. Um, you know, it's, So, you know, you can make an impact with $1, and you can make a billion times that impact with a billion dollars. So if there's any $1 donors or billion-dollar donors that want to join us in our movement, please join us. You know, you've done a great job in explaining and educating us. Um, I think on that part, on that part, not all totally this evening, but um, there was a nice little tidbit about Ted Turner. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess that's the thing is you have to continue to to educate. And when a child has a shot at life, I think that that is a child that is empowered because, you know, who knows what their lives will be like just by having something as simple as a vaccine. Exactly. And, you know, it's... um... This opportunity really allows them to, you know, fulfill their potential in life. And, you know, whether it's reaching, you know, the age of five and and getting into kindergarten or it's, you know, um, you know, maybe one of these children will be the next big Ted Turner that are able to start the next big foundation that helps, you know, people throughout the world in in the issue that might not even exist at the moment. Right, and that's the thing, looking ahead of what, you know, can or might happen or what it affects us globally if this isn't something that we spend time fixing. And so I know that the vaccines are well needed, but in developing countries, I know that there's a problem with water, you know, clean air, clean water, and we want children to have healthy lives. That in those countries, I'm assuming that's also with the vaccine, you also need the clean air, the clean water, for it all to kind of work together. Make yes, it- yeah, exactly. Hygiene is hygiene is very important, um, and a lot of times, the countries that don't have, you know, the proper uh, waste management systems are, you know, the, the same, you know countries that kind of experience these difficulties with these, with these conditions. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like the rotavirus um, vaccine uh, helps vaccinate children um, from rotavirus, which is actually spread through, through water, you know, through dirty water. Um, so it does help in some ways, but, of course, all the environmental factors do make a difference. Yeah, I would think so. It's, um, you know, when you see, you look at the TV and you see 
you know, the children, you know, they're asking for money. You see the children with the swollen heads or the swollen stomachs, and you look at the conditions, and you go, like, what is it that I can, what is it that I can do that kind of helps you to understand the whole magnitude of the situation? Like, it seems like it is so vast, so big, that you really don't think there's anything that you can do. And something as simple as a vaccine, you know, will make a difference. But, you know, it just seems so big that all the children in developing countries need these vaccines. And so many need clean air and clean water and education. You know, we know the whole gamut of what of what we need to survive, and so it just seems so vast, so so big. Exactly, and you know, it, it is a big challenge. It's an incredible scale. We're talking about a, a global issue here, so of course it's going to be like that. But vaccines are safe, they're simple, and you know, they're really one of the most cost-effective ways to make a difference in the life of a child or multiple children. Um, so while the the scale of this these projects are enormous. You know, one donation of a dollar can make a big difference. So don't get overwhelmed by the size of the problem. Let's focus on the solution. And, you know, that solution is through advocating, you know, and helping these children and, and supporting them through donations and and spreading the word about, you know, why this is important. And you said one thing that really um, stuck with me is, it's the most cost-effective way. And a lot of times when you, you think of, you know, you don't think of, let's say, okay, bearing a child at five-year-old, that's, you know, that's rather expensive. Or having a child just be in the hospital for days, you know, hours, days, years, that's something that doesn't have to happen because that's, that's more money if you have to support someone with an illness. And so with this being the most cost-effective way, am I getting that getting that right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say it's one of the most cost-effective ways as opposed to the most cost-effective way because there probably are there are some other more cost-effective ways probably to make a difference in the life of a child, such as, you know, food and, and things like that. But um, but it's definitely one of the most cost effective and um yeah, in this particular instance, you know a dollar goes a long way, you know, for example, one case of the measles, and I'm not an economic specialist, I'm not an economist at all, but one case of the measles can cost over a hundred thousand dollars to treat, but it only costs two dollars to vaccinate, so it does make economic sense, and as you can see, it is one of the most cost effective ways to make a difference because you know. Two dollars versus a hundred thousand dollars in you know hospital costs and healthcare costs. That's a, that's a there's a big jump there. So it makes much more sense to vaccinate a child for that for that two dollars. Now, of course, we're talking prices as far as the index for the developing world and not the the U.S. But I think the audience gets the point. Right, right. I think I think when you just kind of break it down to that, you know, you know what, folks, all we need. You can help a child for like two dollars a day. I think makes it easy to say, okay, yeah, I think I can do that. 
Yeah, that, yeah. That, that seems doable. I can, you know, give up the $2 and I can uh, join one of these campaigns and just kind of do my part. And it's really just everyone just kind of taking a shot at doing their part. And before we go, I want to ask you quickly, so you're donating the vaccines. Are you getting those to children? Does that also help with um, getting food or water or clothing uh, in those countries, or is it strictly just the vaccines, or is there anything else that goes along with that? Yeah, so we, you know, so we aren't the ones actually distributing the vaccines on the ground. We work with our implementing partners for that, but many of our implementing partners, of course, you know, are helping children in a number of different ways. You know, UNICEF is the children's fund, um, and that's one of our partners that are on the ground, you know, distributing these vaccines, and they're helping children, you know, in a pretty wide spectrum of ways, and same with our other partners as well. So while we focus on, you know, vaccines and that's our priority, our implementing partners are on the ground, and of course, you know, they're, they're taking care of children if they see, you know, a particular issue, I'm sure. Okay, all righty. And can you tell us again the, the partners that you have? Yeah, sure. Just to name a few, our implementing partners, we work with UNICEF. We work with um, the WHO, World Health Organization. We work with the, the CDC and the Gavi Alliance. Um, we also have, you know, as a partnership officer, um, I'm also very honored to be working with a number of civil society organizations like the General Federation of Women's Clubs. We're working with the American Association of Nurse Practitioners, as well as SNAPA, which is a student um, pharmaceutical association. And so we do work with a number of organizational partners as well. If there are any, if there are any um, clubs or organizations listening to this blog as we speak, you know, please feel free to uh, look us up, shoutoutlife.org. Um, you can also write info at shoutoutlife.org to find out more information on how you might partner with Shout Out Life to, to help make a difference in the developing world. That is great. And so, you know, you summed it up perfectly. I'm like, okay, so give us your contact information and all the things. That you <laughs> <laughs> so you've given us a lot of food to dot because we want to make sure that we we have the blog is going on. Um, you know, we want to make sure that people become a champion and we want people to donate what they can and to share the knowledge all across the globe that this is something that we can really make a difference in. We can really put a big dent into saving the lives of our children just by doing something simple. Exactly. And this, this month we make it really easy, you know, just a simple share, simple comment, unlock a vaccine. Um, otherwise, you know, we invite your audience to, and anybody listening to join us in our movement um, as a champion advocating, you know, and showing the U.S. government that we care about these causes. And, you know, for those that aren't advocates and aren't on social media, you know, a donation is also, you know, very helpful as well. And for just $20, you can fully vaccinate a child from polio, measles, rotavirus, and pneumonia and protect them for life. So please uh, join us, and you know, thank you, um, you know, for your support and allowing us to be on air today. 
Thank you, Alan. I want you to hold on for a couple seconds. And so, everyone, you know exactly what you can do. Let's try to, to make a difference and do our part and and share uh, what what we've learned today and how we can make a difference in the life of a child. Because, as we always say, the children are our future, and we want them to grow up, you know, healthy and complete and to be able to give their gifts uh, to the world. So we never know what that's going to do do for us. We want all of our children to be able to succeed. We want health care. We want education. But for a lot of these countries, at first, we need to make sure those children are healthy by getting these vaccines. So I just want to say thank you, Alan. I appreciate you so much for being on the show tonight. It has been very um, informative and uplifting. I mean, yeah, it's been it's been really great. So everyone, Alan, hold on. I want to thank all of our guests that have logged in tonight to take a listen to the show. Please share the show with your network and just. Have them go to www.talkshoe.com slash TC slash 115759. And TalkShoe is live and recorded, so it's archived. You can listen to the broadcast at any time and share it with all those you know and love. And tune in next Monday at 7 p.m. for another edition of the Stroke Diva Fabulous Show. Have a fabulous week.